You're listening to The A Show, episode 157, and you will call us the Tribal Chiefs. to the A Show with the Kings of Pro Wrestling Podcast. I am Justin here with Meals for yet another week of pro wrestling conversation and banter. Meals, how are you doing as we wind down the month? We're in the middle of the month here, or actually at the end of the month uh, of October. I have two random thoughts. Um, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> my first thought was, well, actually, my first thought is I had a great time live tweeting from the A Show account last night. So if you guys want to, as as of this point, I mean, we haven't hit it yet, but I'm sure we're going to hit it pretty soon. We're almost close to 200 followers, which is like, you know, 100 more than we were last week. So hopefully if the trend can keep going on over a weekly basis, we can, you know, really gain some traction. But yes, please follow the account. My second thought is, my second random thought is, should Paul Wall be recognized as a former Intercontinental Champion? Paul Wall, oh, because he had the, the belt, the people's, <laughs> he's the people's champ. Yeah. Should we? Should we at least recognize him? Not even, like, officially, maybe just, like, culture-wise, just, like, it's a running gag that he's a former Intercontinental champion. And maybe, Wait, that, well, maybe we should tell him that. Does he know this? He, I mean, I would hope so. I mean, as, holding the Intercontinental championship in that video, I think, was just, between that and... um. Ghostface holding the WCW championship in that one video, maybe. I mean, it's not too far of the realm for Ghostface Killer to actually be a former WCW champion, given how that company actually went. Um, well, you know, I, I, I like where you're going with this idea, Mills. At first, I was a little bit scared. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but now, now I'm, I'm totally with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm totally with this one. I think that we should have WWE recognize this title run. Only thing is here. Okay. Who did he win it from? Who did he win it from? And who did he lose it to? Given the current and I would say the inaugural reigns of the Intercontinental Championship, which a tournament which apparently meant nothing if you're the current champion, Sami Zayn, or the first champion, Pat Patterson. Um, I feel like we just need it. You know, I don't know. We'd have to look back at the era. It might be 2000. I think it's 2002, 2003. Of it was that, actually uh, 2004. 2004. Okay, so that might be yeah. in the middle of Randy Orton's reign. That might be a little Randy Orton, maybe Edge, maybe one of those uh, people, Chris Jericho, maybe. Might, might be one of those. So, so, so knowing, knowing. okay, let, let's, let's, let's dig deeper into this, okay? Sure, Still sure. tipping, remix. Because he was on the remix, not the original. Release. Let's look at that. Let's look. Let's look. 2005. So we're both wrong. Okay. So it came right. out. Around, it came out. Well, well here's the thing. It's kind of awkward. Still didn't this come out no came day out. in 2005. Hold on. Let me see. I think I think that's when the album dropped. It came out November 12th, 2004. So there you go. Okay. All right. Intercontinental Champion November 2004. I'm almost sure. It was all right. 2004, end of 2004. It definitely wasn't Randy anymore. Um, 2004. What was around that time? It was Survivor Series 2004. Was the Shelton year. Benjamin? Shelton Benjamin. There we go. Off of Chris Jericho. Jericho at Taboo Tuesday. There you go. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, 
let's just create the storyline here, all right? Mm-hmm. Shelton Benjamin, it's around the time of like they were in Milwaukee for Table Tuesday. Yeah. Let's say he takes a trip down to the H Town. He's a big fan of Mike Jones, Paul Wall, Chameleonaire, the whole Swisher house at the moment. Mm-hmm. And he decides, you know what? Let, let's let's start something a little bit early, a little 20 years early here, almost. Let's do some 24-7 action here. I'm gonna Listen. take a ref with me down to to, to screws tapes and, and records. And then I'm gonna let you, I'm, I'm gonna lay down for the pin, and then I, and I'll lend you the belt. They could have wrestled in the and sportatorium then, or wherever the other Houston wrestlers like to talk about how where they wrestled back in the day. I mean, who knows? So, so who exactly? Uh, who 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 exactly did he lose it back to? So, so he loses it back to Shelton. Shelton had the Intercontinental title for a very very long time after this. He really? had it until June 20 he had it until June 20th, 2005. He lost it to Carlito. Yes, he lost it to yes. Carlito at the opening match of Vengeance. I have that DVD. Wow, didn't realize it was that long. I it was remember, on Raw. Yeah, no, on Raw. Oh yes, he lost it on yeah. the Raw before and had to def- and he lost the rematch several days later at Vengeance 2005. So yes. Yes. You know, I, I think we should just make it wow. a part of history, at least in inaugural. Maybe we recognize him. Maybe we, we try to figure out how WWE can sort of recognize this. Um, I don't know if they will also recognize Ghostface Killer, but who knows? I mean, Pretty Tony, the former I, WCW champion, I'm not against it. I'm with it. Well, the thing about the thing about Ghostface is that uh, the thing the thing about about Ghostface is that at the time he made that video, I believe WCW was defunct, so he could have just got that handed to him <laughs> by anyone. Literally, anyone could have just could have just handed that off to him. So you know, I'm not exactly too sure that he actually won that one. Well, listen. All right, someone will someone who's a loyal fan of this podcast, please do the background check for us. See if some where where does it line up? Does it line up with the new? Um, you know, world championship. Does it line up? Let's see. Okay, listen. You, you Google Ghostface Killer WCW. The championship comes right up. By the way, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's obviously like a part of hip hop history. Even Raekwon got to wear it for a little bit. L- listen, we gonna figure this out. We gonna figure this out. Maybe we'll figure it out on Twitter. Follow the A Show and RNC. Follow the A Show RNC on Twitter. Follow the A Show and RNC Radio on all platforms, Spotify, iTunes, everything, and just listen to us, and maybe we'll get to the bottom of this in the upcoming weeks or so. I mean, yeah. we we do have our three-year anniversary show, which is next week. It'll wow. mark three years of us doing this damn show week wow. after week after week after week after week. I mean, I'll give it more so to you. I took the two weeks off, but week after week. <laughs> After week after week, I, I have taken. I might have taken. How many days? How many? Can anyone call how many? How many days? I'm, I'm pretty sure. I miss one. I'm pretty sure I have less shows than you because I'll just take off. I'll just be like, listen, I'm just my brain is too thin right now. But you have legitimate reasons for taking off. You have like work stuff or like won't be able to make it in time or etc. Mostly work stuff, but. We, for the better part of what's 52 times three, uh, let's see, that's 156 weeks for the most part, have been, you know, pretty loyal. So shout out to us. Um, our three weeks, our three year, I don't want to say three week, three year anniversary show will be next week. I think we're going to do something special. We're going to do something that we've never really done before, even though we've kind of done it before. And that is we want to do an entire show of hot takes. 
Yes. So the whole show, the entire show. So forget what's going to be on. I mean, it's going to be the fallout of Hell in a Cell, et cetera, et cetera. I'm pretty sure what's going to happen. Feuds will blow up. People will, you know, limbs will, you know, you enter the cell this way and you leave one way or et cetera, et cetera, whatever the hell it is. Um, But we want to do this next week. All hot takes. So we're going to put up the link. Every single hot take. Follow They Show RNC. And I'll, you know, I might put on the RNC Radio Live page too. And I'll put on my page and you put on your page and everyone will put on their page. Please submit the hot takes and we will answer hopefully all of them, depending on the volume that we get, hopefully all of them throughout the course of our three year anniversary show. We should um, try to get some uh, we, we want to get some some really cool, like special guest ones, too. We, I'm, I'm going to I'm going to make a call and try and get some uh, Ooh, try and get some okay. some. Some some extra celebrity uh, right, hot takes. Right, Cyrus right. Cyrus and the visibilities, you know, could send in one, and, and DJ Mark could send in one, right? All no? right. Well, listen, I'm 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 here for it. I'm here for it. Can we um, can we go back to two hundred five and 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 park? Uh, gentrification just kind of came wow. through very quickly, and kind of you know, Viacom and wow. et cetera, et cetera. Um, okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, if if you want two hundred five and park back. Uh, you know, <laughs> let, yeah. you know, let 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 Mills know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, let us know. Let us know, and we, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, so you want to get into uh, No Holds Barred? We we got a we got a stack show today. We got to get to to uh, we got to get to. Sorry if this offends. We got to get to. Um, we have to get to Hell in a Cell predictions. We have to get to the shows this week. We got a lot of stuff to talk about, Mills. So so let's just let's tap in to No Holds Bar. We're gonna start by going indie. I know you don't like going to indie right now. We're, no, it's, not it's really. But, you, but you know what? I I applaud all of it. Just like the essential workers that are here, I applaud every wrestler going out there to entertain the fans. Albeit all types of <laughs> devils that are around them, especially COVID-related devils. But you know what? I, I applaud everyone. Um, yeah, l- l- let's talk about it. So the gag is with uh, last weekend's <laughs> <laughs> last weekend's collective event from GCW. Uh, there were quite a few positive COVID nineteen tests uh, oh. throughout all the shows over the weekend. Yeah, so you just did all of that thinking. And then you just didn't even know you were thinking a cesspool of COVID related wow. incidents. But no, didn't know that. But, no, not at all. So uh, you had people like Joy Janela going online, going on Twitter, and saying, you know, we, he made sure that everyone was negative before wrestling on the show. Kind of just Did kind he? of implying <laughs> that. <laughs> Did he? Um, Did he get a rapid te- Did he get a rapid test from Amazon? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Like, where do you? How do you make sure that everyone is negative before you? All right, whatever. He says that you know over 85 percent of the wrestlers that wrestled there got their test back and they're okay. Uh, the locker room was the it size must have been of a month foot. before. <laughs> <laughs> the locker room was the size of a fucking football field, and everyone was distanced. And let's just be clear, man, not, not to say that these big companies are handling handling this any better way right now. Let's just mm-hmm. the AEW and WWE specifically, mm-hmm. even recently, <laughs> WWE has had multiple outbreaks. I think they're on their third or fourth at this point, you know, based off of just NXT people having parties. But if you think that the main companies are doing it bad, what do you think these indie companies are doing to protect people? It's probably Carcosa in there. There's probably no mask going on in there, bro. Listen, they can't protect you. Wrestling is not a wrestling doesn't have even at the highest league, 
you don't really have anything protecting you unless you're an actual like employee of the company and not an independent contractor. So I can't imagine being an independent wrestler and being like, yeah, no, we're making sure everything is going well and smooth and everyone gets their COVID test and we're getting it quickly and done and all this other stuff like that. Um, all right. So, all right. How many positive COVID tests? Um, there, there was mostly like from what I was looking at it, from what I did when I did my research, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the fans that went were, 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 were getting positive. A lot tests. of the fans. And, yeah. So that's oh, why wow. I'm thinking some of this is kind of cat because like it, it, I mean, these shows look like super spreader events. Like they were like, it, it just looked wild, bro. Like it, it looked very, really, really unsafe. And I can't say that like, you know, I don't want to say, you know, Janella and then the guys who run GCW are lying, but like just in general, I, and I know people got to make their money, but at the end of the day, like you gotta, you have to go like, do you need it? Did you need the fans there? Was my point. You know what I'm saying? Like if that was something that was like, like just to keep it safe where the fans need it. Have you ever been to a quiet independent show? All you <laughs> hear the it's just going to be a soundtrack <laughs> of like, thigh slaps and like and like um you know grunting and, and it's gonna screaming. sound like a bro- it's gonna sound like a broken bed it's gonna sound like yeah. broken bed springs whenever they <laughs> land on something <laughs> oh my god i mean yeah i see what they're trying to do but you know i think we're all i mean even even if you look at society right now like everyone's trying to get back to normal as best as they can but everyone's still kind of like not figuring it out as well as they could um I mean, the fans thing, you, you just got to keep the fans away and, like, definitely away. But that's crazy. That's crazy. But that wasn't even the most alarming thing. What you told me before, Air, was the most alarming thing. Yeah, I mean, there were, there were uh, several AEW talents that have been on these on these indie shows. And I'm not just talking about the collective. I'm talking about Bloodsport and, and Spring Break and stuff like that. Like, there are contracted TV-appearing talent and this is just from AEW Dark. This could be on, you know, any other, you know, wrestling show that, that does air live that are on TV. Moxley w- w- was one of them who appeared at Bloodsport a couple of weeks ago. And, um, you know, that's con- that's considerably worrying. And I know that he might not have tested positive. He did make it to AEW last week. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in, in, in the larger scheme of things, if you know these outbreaks are happening, I know you want to seem like the cool dad. <laughs> <laughs> but you right. got to clamp down on this type of shit, man. It's, it's just not cool. Like no, you're in, right. in, in, in general, and let's just be clear here. Me and Mills have been doing this show all year throughout pandemic. We knew what the risks would be when we started doing these shows, and we knew that we were going to continue forward as long as WWE and AEW and any other uh, any other company was was doing it and creating shows and doing mm-hmm. content. We knew mm-hmm. that. We've mm-hmm. talked about this at length. We, we've talked about our, our uncomfortableness with it at length, and we've even talked about how things like WrestleMania actually made us feel better and g- gave us an escape for that one, you know, during that March, April period where it was all up in the air. But now we have a lot more information. We have a lot more knowledge of what this thing is. It's unacceptable at this point. And this goes for not only just indies. It goes for WWE especially. It goes for AEW especially. It goes for New Japan. Like, like listen, Mills, New Japan got it off. They did a great fucking job for the G1. No one tested positive. Nobody. That's amazing. And they did over 17, 18 shows in, within three weeks and, 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 and did the damn thing. Like, and, and they were able to have fans there. And I know this is speaking as an indictment more towards America. Once again, 
Y'all know what to do. I mean, <laughs> in two weeks. <laughs> listen, I mean, I did it already. Y'all know what to do. I ain't going to tell y'all, you know, but you know. <laughs> you know, I'm going to just keep telling you. Y'all know what to do in two weeks, okay? Exactly. You know what I'm I don't saying? care. I don't care how you feel. We, we need some relief, okay? Because we got to get outside again. So let's just be clear, y'all. We know the risks. And my, my last thing to say, you know, this is my last thing that I'm going to say on this. We know the risks. You don't need to wear your fucking mask. You need to wash your fucking hands. You need to go get tested. And that goes for everybody. Boom. Please. Boom. Next up on No Holds Barred. Paul <laughs> Paul Heyman. Why you, okay, why'd you laugh so incredulously? Oh, my God. <laughs> because this is really funny. And, and I could just imagine, you know, you can actually hear him, you know, talk about this and, 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 and explain this story. But he talks about. Uh, on, on the recent era, Ariel Hawani uh, podcast, that he, Can we, he talks right, about yeah, why you know what we'll, we'll we'll get into podcasts pretty soon. I, I have a I have a word on podcasts, but we'll we'll get on it pretty soon. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Well, well, he mentions his removal from the executive director position of Raw. Uh, do you want to hear this? I want I want to hear what you think about what he said about this and what and what like well, you know me and you we black. I, so we know, we know bullshit. We yeah, know bullshit when we. When I've we heard what you said already, but please explain it to the people who may not have heard it already. So he says, and I quote, "All quote, it is it is because I served at the pleasure of the chairman Vince McMahon, and there came a day when I was no longer at the pleasure of the chairman Vince McMahon. Mm-hmm. When I took the role of executive director, I made an agreement with Vince McMahon. I want this job as long as every morning Vince McMahon woke up and said, thank God, or whatever deity he, he subscribes to, Paul Heyman is looking after the store on Raw. And the day that Vince McMahon didn't wake up and feel that way, I didn't want the job anymore. I've been in a similar role when Vince was not happy with me, and it's a miserable existence, and I didn't want it. And apparently on that day and on that given time and given moment, Vince didn't wake up that morning thinking whatever deity he subscribes to that Paul Heyman was in charge of Raw. He says Vince McMahon one, two, three, four, five times. So here's the thing. And this is why immediately when I saw the headline, I think it was sometime last week, we saw the headline and I just laughed because, listen, I've watched. Of course, one is we black Two, I've watched enough interviews Online, not even just from pro wrestlers, from entertainers in general, to know what a spin is. And Mm -hmm. I will say, honestly, the person who immediately comes to my mind who flags every time I hear about a spin is 50 Cent. 50 Cent can spin a question (laughs) like no one's business. You ask him the question and he's giving you the answer that he wants to speak. He wants to answer to. And this is exactly what this is. He does not explain why. He was let go of the executive director position. He just explains that Vince McMahon was no longer happy. And that is why he is no longer. <laughs> that's why he decided to step down yeah. as executive director of Raw. And that in is the way in the way that we know the story is that he did not step down, but he was let go. <laughs> My thing was, I see this as a parallel to this December for December or December December to December two thousand five five six six it, it, there's only fucking one why am I saying years <laughs> <laughs> um where the night after he gave that very 
emotional speech of like, listen, I'm stepping down at blah, 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 blah. And he goes on to explain that position essentially like it was a wreck. He was tired of doing all these other things. Vince McMahon wasn't happy with the result. And that was the result of they, they didn't share the same things on the result. And that's why December to Dismember ended up the pay-per-view that it was. I see that as kind of like something that's probably I wouldn't say haunted, but something that's definitely in the back of Paul Heyman's mind, especially when he accepted the position of executive director. Knowing that ultimately it is not his company, ultimately it is not his vision, ultimately the visions may not align, and ultimately there may be some things that he does that doesn't that Vince McMahon does not agree with. Um, I this is what I see this as, as a lot of things that happen backstage, which some we have heard about, some we may not have heard about, and him being addressed for that, but not actually addressing it in the statement. That's all yeah, I'm I, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure that the complaints of a one uh, Alan Jones, Alan Jones, might have made it all the <laughs> might have good made old, it all the way up the ladder. <laughs> good old Alan Jones. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it might. That's a. There's a lot of things that was going on. Um, but he, if he made the decision, if he says that he made the decision, I will no longer. Um, d- you know. I will no longer sort of do this job if, you know, if you, there's, you know, no happiness or he doesn't feel happy with me. I will no longer do this job. Then by all means, why? You know, if that makes him sleep at night and he's happy and everything, like that, you know, go ahead. He says he says all after fact, he says we left with a handshake. We left with a smile, a handshake and a hug and absolutely no harsh feelings and actually better feelings about each other because of the way it ended, because it's ended miserably before and proof positive of that is the quarter earnings call when asked about Paul Heyman. Vince McMahon didn't say, eh, we need a new vision. Eh, we need someone else. Eh, he ran his course. He was great, but we had to go with this other person. Vince McMahon's only comment was, I thought Paul Heyman did a whatever adjective he used, great job or fantastic job creatively. So it was time. My run in terms of serving, the pleasure of, his cha- <laughs> pleasure of the chairman was up and the opportunity presented itself for both me and Roman and the WWE and we all jumped on it. So... He's back I as think a talent. That quote that that quote is more telling than anything that he said there. And, and when when he when he said what Vince's comments towards him was, I do believe him that it was a very uh, cordial disbanding of the role. Um, I, I do agree with that. I do I do think he was telling the truth. I just think the reasons we will we'll probably they're they're foggy, and I think that we know a little bit of it, but I think we only know half of it. Right. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, and we'll I'm sure we'll hear about it I'm sure I'm yeah. sure I, but I, I just don't think Paul's leaving anytime soon I just I think that Vince still wants him around and, and I think that there's a lot of there is a lot like here's the, here's the thing I don't think Paul isn't just working with Roman you know I think he's no. working with a lot of people on the roster and he's, I think he's always he, been kind of a consultant even before he actually got an executive director role it always felt like he was a consultant um, and I don't want to say by like official title, but you even look back at some of the stuff that they put on the the the, the network and stuff like that. I forgot what documentary it was um, where there's a he loves he he enjoys working with the young talent. He just does. Yeah. He, lo- he loves providing input. He loves that. So he is 100 percent like someone who provides their input. But I think that's where, you know, that's where it starts and that's where it ends currently. That's all I'll say about that. Um, next up on the slate. A new slate of podcasts are coming to the WWE Network, including mm. Corey Graves, including Corey Graves after the bell, 
Alexa Bliss's uncool Swerve Isaiah Scott's Swerve City, which is a huge surprise, and Lillian Garcia's Chasing Glory, uh, all coming imminently to the WWE Network. Um, Meals, do you remember about maybe two weeks ago, I said that WWE was more than likely doing a lot of these really fucked up moves because they're trying to create a whole slate of out, you know, out of the ring content that would use their stars as content creators. Yeah, I remember that. So looks like this is what has come from it. Um, Them taking over these shows. I think, you know, the biggest one was the Swerve City podcast, which was completely indie. You know, literally just a month ago before it before it locked in here. But, um, you know, after the bell was already controlled by them as well as uncool. But these last two completely weren't. So that's showing that they're actually going outside of the box and getting new content for the network. And again, not agreeing with the Twitch stuff. But I think this is once again a new pilot program and a new this is this is showing you what they have planned for the moves that they've had and that they've been making for the past month and a half. So here are my thoughts on this. And it's a I have various thoughts from ranging from this is good to this is bad. Um, I'll say I'll start with the good part. The good part is shout out to all of these, you know, these talents who are going to have an insurmountable amount of resources to be able to pull off the show that they want to pull off. I mean, to be broadcasting on the WWE Network, to be funded by the WWE, to be kind of working with the WWE with the creative things that you do. I mean, you're. You're just going to pretty much have access to anything that you kind of want. I mean, Alexa, Alexa Bliss has Lance Bass on the show and her boyfriend, mm-hmm. Ryan Cabrera, and all types of other, um, you know, letter list talent. Um, but in terms of what's bad about it, I think you create... You're kind of doing kind of what was going on with kind of the indies where you're kind of like, you. And if you're WWE, you're like, yes, we're monopolizing this talent. Oh, my God, we have so many ventures. Oh, my God, we have so many mediums of just media and all this other stuff like that. But at the same time, it's like this is why I kind of like appreciate our podcast, even though I feel like we're going to get to the point where we the thing is, it's like with WWE, if they have their own set of podcasts, they own the scoop and everything of that. So it's like we'll never be able to reach out to these people and actually get these actual interviews because they're going to go on whatever show that they want. We're going to have to gain at least a million views. We're going to have to be some what's a Chrysalette Van Valet or whatever the hell his name is um, to get all these great interviews. And we won't be able to actually get these interviews because they have their own podcast network, essentially, which saying like, okay, we're getting the scoops. We're talking to the people. We're doing this thing. And it sucks for us. I mean, but on the other hand, I think it's also I I see it as glass half full. It's amazing for us. I appreciate the opportunity to continue to critique WWE in a very real way and which I think you lose sight of when you go under the WWE umbrella. Also, we love, I think, being able to talk about the G show being able to kind of revisit stuff for rewriters room, being able to revisit stuff for spot callers and all these other stuff that comes outside of the WWE umbrella. I think on one hand you hinder yourself. On the other hand, you open yourself up to a huge amount of opportunities. I personally want to see how this goes. Um, I, if I had to give overall feelings about it, I don't like it. But well, I don't listen to any. Of, I don't listen. To any I don't of these listen. Shows, yeah, so I mean, I don't listen to any of these shows either. But I, 
I don't like it from a standpoint of from a creative standpoint. It's like you're stifling yourself creatively. You're opening yourself up to interviewing WWE guys, but you're really only interviewing WWE. They're not going to you're not going to be able to interview um, Big Swole or or anyone who's kind of rocking the indies or any other show on we your show anymore. Yet. We don't know that yet, though. Mm, we don't know that yet. Mm, I'm pretty sure. I feel like there's no, <laughs> no, no way well, you're going to... Well, they can't... WWE can't just keep them interviewing each other. It, they're, they're able to... The thing is, you could be hearing, like, a Ben Carter on the Swerve City podcast soon and stuff like that. I mean, that. You like, can, you're you hearing can, stuff outside of the wrestling world for sure. Yeah, for sure. And they're going to be able to... Because here's the thing. Let, let, let's just go a little bit deeper into this, too. Because okay. I, I, I feel like we might be kind of tap dancing around something that, like, even... And let's just kind of big up ourselves as well within this. Mm-hmm. WWE has a deal with Endeavor. <clears throat> and this is really, like, bolster... It bolsters that partnership they have with Endeavor. So they don't actually produce their own podcasts. They have producers right. that... Like that, that kind of mold the show and keep it going. But that partnership that has its own employees, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you remember this, but a year or some change ago, when that was happening, you and I got hit up about WWE wanting more diverse podcasts for that network. I know you remember that, and I at do. the time, it was said, it was said, hey, y'all should just kind of clean it up and 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 keep it like kind of kind of mellow. And so for a while, I don't think people noticed. We had stopped cussing. Uh, we had started kind of like cleaning up our act a little bit. And f- from that, we already knew, me and you already know they've been looking for a Swerve City podcast on there or a Chasing Glory, something that's, that's helmed by people of color. Mm-hmm. So I, the reason I think this is good is because they're still holding up to that bargain, but they're just doing it with their, their talent. Right. Which to me is probably the, the uh, bigger except, picture. There. Um, they don't, they don't, I mean, I guess I guess Sam Roberts counts as their talent. <laughs> yeah, Sam Roberts. Sam Sorry, and, and he's he, well. I don't know. Is he on the he's on the he's on the network, right? He's on. Network. Yeah, he's on. He's going to be on the network. His show is going to be on okay. the network. Okay. Well, that makes sense. He's already he's he's on there all the time. But like that that to me is a bigger. I they don't have to push a me and you. Me we don't have to go to Orlando and do, you know. Uh, kickoff shows and stuff like that you know it's just it's just not plausible we want to still we wanted to still i think me and you just decided at, at one point we just want to stay ourselves yeah you know we just want to keep it we want to we keep it to what the a show was and i was two friends two homeboys two brothers talking about wrestling so mm-hmm. my thing is like if they're going to continue this this road and they're going to it's going to be authentic to their characters it's going to be authentic to their talent they're going to be able to do what they want to do like you said they have the resources to do that now Right. Um, I do think that it sucks that it won't be completely indie. So all that Patreon stuff goes out the window. All the cameo stuff goes out the window. All of the merch and things like that goes out of the window, which is big we, in podcasting. But, Let me tell you but that. But if but if they are able to put that on WWE Shop, and that is another form, they, they're going to have to stick within the ecosystem. But it's still so, such a major. It's still such a major chunk to me. I mean, I don't know the actual breakdown of it, so I don't want to comment too much on it. I don't know the actual breakdown, but it's such a major chunk to me. And it's so and maybe it's because I think in our society today, it's so pushed now of independence and all this other stuff and creating your own and doing everything on your own, et cetera, et cetera. So, like. There's a benefit to going with the whole WWE thing, of course. I mean, there's so much, there's so much access and so much an audience and all this other stuff um, that I'm pretty sure if one of those podcasts end up on the other side, which honestly, if I had to guess, 
we can revisit this conversation five years from now and see if all those podcasts are still on, <laughs> on there. Um, if they come out the other side, they're going to have a lot more fans and stuff like that. And they're going to have all these other stuff and they'll be able to talk about it. I'm, I'm interested in kind of where this goes as someone who's interested in podcasting and a lot of it and ownership and a lot of different things. And like you said, we wanted to keep our stuff original to us. And yes, we would, we would, you know, if, if someone came knocking at our door, I don't know what we would do, but I'm selling out. I'm selling out. <laughs> oh, you're selling out. Yeah. Um, but if someone came knocking at our door, I don't know what we would do in that sort of instant. But I do know that I want to have sort of the creative freedom to continue to what I want to do. And I'm interested if they have that as well. I'm going to, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, let's, uh. Let's tap into because we're we're going long on the holds bar. Let, let's go ahead and go straight to. Sorry if this offends for the week. Um, let, let's get the let's get the sound effect here. If I can be serious for a minute, without being interrupted. So sorry if this offends for the week. I want to talk about something that has been. Well, I, I, I want to say it, it hasn't been as prevalent of an issue as it's been this year. So we've all been talking about some of the uh, social issues and, and some of the, the, the really just nasty, gnarly stuff that came out of the speaking out uh, thing this year, as well as certain things that we've just seen throughout the year from a lot of different talent on a lot of different shows. You talk about the Matt Riddles, the Velveteen Dreams, the Sammy Guevara's um, and, and things of that nature. What At, at what point... Do we watch these people and decide, uh, hey, that was a good match? And are we allowed to say that? So I say that because Matt Riddle and AJ Styles had a match on Monday night. And it was it became tough for me to even tweet about the match, even if I thought there were certain things that worked well, even if I wanted to talk about what. Well, maybe I'd see the storyline going this way, because essentially I'm seeing Matt Riddle go through a losing streak storyline right now. And that's going to be he's going to you know, they're going to build him that way. But you can't really say that because opinions vary so widely. You see what happens when a Velveteen Dream or a Matt Riddle show up on TV. You see what happens when someone else like a Laura Sullivan show up on TV. How can we as, you know, people on this podcast or people within this network uh, like for the G1 on the G show, me and Cyrus had to review Will Ospreay matches. And sometimes I had to say these matches were great. But how do I properly criticize this when there's such a heavy, heavy thing, you know, weighing over these the, these performers heads? Um, I, I, I pose this question to you, Mills, especially because I know that this is supposed to be kind of my my uh, soapbox here. But I'm finding it really tough to, to continue doing that without feeling like I'm going to offend people that may follow me who I don't mean to offend. So uh, that's funny because that's what this uh the title of this thing means um but you know it's i'm having a you know difficult time with it myself in terms of but i think a lot of it is it's it's weird um but i want to ask most people would they feel the same way or would they have these sort of conversations at all um, and this doesn't mean particularly to you, and I'm sure you're going to answer this question. You're be like, yeah, would you feel the same way or would you have the same exact reaction if there is no social media involved? If there wow. was no if there was no um, if there was no sort of 
you know, ground swelling support from people on social media, nor, or if there was no way to kind of like voice your thing, would you feel the exact same way or would you continue to watch the match um, and, and feel a way about the match? It's tough because what age were we when we even knew that Randy Orton was shitting in people's bags? You I know? mean, I knew like, he was what, shitting what? in people's bags, but I still, I mean, I didn't think it was the best thing on earth, but. I, I don't think it was received on the internet as bad as it probably would have been received in 2020. Thank it was you. just like, oh, he's and shitting in bags. <laughs> I, I think I think age is a part of it. I think absolutely social media is a part of it. I think the the reporting is a part of it. These conversations about abusive men within the industry need to be had. Yeah, but when it's when it when it is something as again, uh, you know, the character based as wrestling, it becomes. Okay, there are people that can choose to watch these people or just turn their TV off. Or, or they can do something more extreme like put a Fire Velveteen Dream sign up on Thunderdome, get banned and then say that they were banned for no reason. Yeah. You know, like there there are there are many ways that you can that you can solve this. But I think that and I'm sorry if this offends, the way that I'm going to approach this is I'm going to continue to review and criticize these shows based on the merits of the performers. And I'm going to leave my conversation and my comments about their personal lives. And I'm still going to have them, but I'm going to leave. I'm going to separate the two. So mm-hmm. if Matt Riddle's a shitty person, I'm, when he's a shitty person, is you know, as soon as that bell rings, absolutely. I want to talk about the storyline because it's, it's what's presented to me. I watch Raw because we got to talk about it. I watch Raw because that's what we do. When the match is over, he's back to being he can be, he can go back to being a pariah. And the same goes for Velveteen Dream. The same goes for anybody else. I think I think more so as podcast hosts, we kind of have a responsibility to talk about. I mean, just the performance in the ring actually itself. I mean, we're reviewing all these shows. It's not like you can decide, okay, we're just not going to talk about the Velveteen Dream match until we only, we didn't necessarily start doing that until the whole Chris Benoit thing when WWE just decided, okay, Chris Benoit is just kind of a wrap. But that's never stopped. Honestly, that's never stopped the pro wrestling community from talking about Chris Benoit. Stone Cold will still talk about his matches with Chris Benoit. Chris Jericho will almost at any time because he's still he has various thoughts on the whole Chris Benoit situation but he talks about that as well it kind of goes down to like more so how do you necessarily feel about this situation personally as opposed to kind of um not necessarily the situation but how do you kind of handle these situation personally because I feel like there's a lot of times where I think we say stuff and it's more so a lot of it is, and I don't want to disrespect anybody um, during this. A lot of it is kind of ends up being performative from a standpoint. And, but there are people who generally feel the way about these things. And I don't argue with people who feel the way about these things. If you do not want to watch a Javelbatin dream match or Matt Riddle match or comment on it, I'm not going to stop you. Um, but there may be some people that do, uh, it kind of ultimately fought, you know, bundles down. You wanted to hope as a society we would have reached this point where it's like, oh, well, you know, he did this, we did that, we're canceling him, et cetera, et cetera. But cancel culture is a very interesting and kind of gray area. And it's uh, it's not fully solidified yet. It's not fully accepted yet. And I don't think it'll be fully accepted as long as people have their own opinions about everything they kind of want to go through. So I, I necessarily... 
if 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 you were asking me in terms of like the whole Matt Riddle thing, I don't really feel I'm I'm waiting for a lot of different things, but also I'm still probably going to watch his matches if they're on. As as weird as it is to say, I'm yeah, probably yeah. still going to watch and continue to think his matches if they're on. Because one that they're on, but also I think we should definitely continue to have these conversations and we should continue to kind of hold WWE to task. We're watching these matches purely because they're on, because they're airing them and they're continuing to push this guy. And we feel like there is an obligation to continue to talk about this because we have a show. We have a lot of different things. We have to comment on it. I think the conversation at the end of the day goes to WWE and just like, okay, so what are you guys doing about this? Like, ultimately, what do you guys, you guys say this, this, that, and the third. Um, Should should it be a situation where people are suspended until something actually comes out? Should it be? I mean, who knows? Um, I think this is a conversation that it needs to be had with more of the wrestling companies themselves. Because I think, like I said last week, they need to come down with a standard and kind of determine how they're going to do all these other things. Yes. So, we're sorry if this offends, uh, but... We're gonna we're gonna continue to move forward as far as criticizing these matches on a match to match basis. Uh, when we return to the A show, we'll be talking about Hell in a Cell 2020 and the new post draft episodes of Raw and SmackDown. Stay tuned. Thing or two. Now, I was sitting up there thinking as I was watching backstage, man, I would be a hell of an addition to the hurt business. Would you? I mean, think about it. <laughs> I dressed the part, I looked the part, and with my connections. In public image, I can turn this conglomerate and take it worldwide. 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 What do you think about that? You know, I got to tell you, man, you know, you fine, upstanding community service man, and you, you definitely dressed the part. And uh, Ricochet doesn't seem to be coming to his senses right now, so give me a moment to uh, confer with my... Oh, hey, no problem. I'll give y'all a moment. Y'all take your time. You know, I'll be right over here. Okay, we talked. Damn, already? Yeah, yeah, it's done. Oh, y'all, y'all move like I move. Y'all like we're, to do we're business, in business quick. We're, we're, we're in business. We're in business. Man, that's right. music to my ears. We can get started. I can't wait to get started. And boy, well, I can't really get, wait, wait to get started with all of y'all. Yeah, no, no. We are in business. We are in business. All right, we are back on the A Show. Of course... There's a pay-per-view on Sunday, so that means that we have to talk about it. I think it's actually a good thing that there. I think there's. I think there's actually a good thing that there's only four matches announced so far because it, it allows us to have a little bit of time to squeeze in Raw and SmackDown because they were actually uh, shows where things happened, <laughs> whether yeah. you like them or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would say so. I think. I think for the, um, for essentially the I guess time purposes, maybe we should just kind of. Ram everything. We're not going to go full Raw, full SmackDown, full thing, but I think we should just ram the best parts of both shows together or the most notable parts. Um, Yeah, I'll start with SmackDown. Is that cool? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so SmackDown, post-draft show, 
of course, the heavily touted season premiere. I really enjoyed this show. I thought it was really fun. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of really cool moments came out of this show on on Friday. Uh, of course, the thing that everyone is talking about is not the new day day hashtag that we had on a show RNC. Thank you to everyone that supported and gave us your favorite matches and moments. It was the actual new day farewell that happened on the show. Mills, how do you feel about this this uh, farewell to the new day? Um, I'm glad they didn't do what people wanted them to do was essentially biggie i guess throwing kofi kingston over his shoulder and like breaking it in half or some stupid shit like that um it it, it played up you, you know what was interesting and what was in the post match interview that i found interesting this is their first time all three of them tagging together in like a year <laughs> you know what i'm saying yeah. Like, it was so wild to actually think about that because I just remember them just always kind of being, you know, existing on shows, but they've had various injuries, various people out. These things have kind of started to change, and it'll change in the wrestling business, and I think it should change overall. I love the moment. I love the match. I love everything about it. I love that we're celebrating these things while we can, and I hope the best for everybody involved it still looks weird seeing two members of new day on uh, still doing the new day gimmick on monday night raw but they're going to try to get the best out of it that they can and i think biggie's going to do the best that he can what did you think about it i thought it was good and i think i said this on twitter that it is really shocking right that there was a respect paid to not just a group that wasn't breaking up, but a African-American-led stable that didn't end in ignorance. It didn't end in a turn. It didn't end in anything like that. They gave them the respect that they deserved. Mm-hmm. They gave them the time that they deserved. I can't think of many other people that could have gotten an uninterrupted promo, an uninterrupted entrance, and a match that they won, and another uninterrupted in. Uh, moment as well yeah i thought it was a spectacular and it, this was 30 minutes this was through the span of 30 minutes on the show yeah on so a two-hour show it, yeah you know like I, i've never seen like we've never seen anything like this and i say that that's why representation is so important and that's why people take for you know we take it for granted you know through all of the the, the crazy stuff that happens and all of the you know back and forth and the arguing this is a moment that we can all say we needed to see yeah Within this company, within this industry, is what happened on Friday. Now, we know they're going to get back together one day. We know that that's going to happen. But the fact that remains that they're trying something new here and something that they've probably never done before. Remember the Dudleys broke up? Yeah. That, that broke my heart. That, they, they, like, that was the stupidest thing I'd ever seen when I was a kid. Like They literally broke the Dudleys up. And there was no respect. They they broke them up meals, and then they were they didn't even have a moment. They were just I, gone. <laughs> I felt more so weighing about the the Hardys. The Dudleys, I think, are us kind of. I was like, oh, we could do something new with them. Like the Dudleys are gonna well, be I the mean, we, we, the Hardys were more like. Matt was like, why are you looking at Lita, bro? Like, oh, now Lita, you're against me? Like, they essentially broke up brothers for no particular reason, and then put them back together at Royal Rumble 2002, which I thought was an amazing moment. Um, but for a woman. <laughs> Over a woman that was like Jeff's like that's my girl's that's my boy's sister that's my my brother's sister I don't know what type of Jerry Springer shit they were thinking but no I agree with you they were 100% given the respect everything of the rather I thought it was amazing um yeah I thought the entire Smackdown was amazing to be honest with you I think it it showed the wealth of performers that they had and the kind of matchups that you're gonna get and I think it's, I don't know if it's a two-hour thing. I think a two-hour thing is a hindrance and also a help. But 
everything just kind of felt important on this show. And it was, yeah, there was to me, there was also just a great representation of SmackDown. Yeah, I, I, I'm digging the, the... Well, here's the thing about SmackDown. And they got everyone on the show, think, too. They managed to get, even in the little beginning opening segment part where they had the little, like, tear apart brawl thing, they managed to get everyone on the show. Yeah, but there was, like, very little new on the show. Like, very little new people actually wrestled on the show. Yeah, but... Like, the, Lars. the newest people you had there, <laughs> I, I think they're, they're... Yeah, like, Lars and uh, the, the Prophets, Prophets got some time on the show. Yeah. So it, it was it was it was a, it was a they they kind of did some smoke and mirrors here this week with 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 uh, with SmackDown's but uh, it, with with their roster. But it was good. I think you know you had Seth Rollins stand across the ring from Daniel Bryan, and Daniel Bryan has been on SmackDown for how long? He hasn't actually. I don't think Daniel Bryan is like truly like wrestle as a member of the Raw roster, and God knows how long. And Seth Rollins, this is his first time ever on SmackDown as part of the SmackDown roster. And just that moment and intertwining that whole storyline, I thought the, the, the whole Bailey and Sasha, I thought that promo and that segment gave the match the gravity that it is needed for the last probably like five weeks. Um, <laughs> because to me, they've just been, it's like, oh, you knew you was going to turn on me. Oh, I just turned on you before you turned on me. But it gave an actual like emotional weight to this actual match, and and Bailey refusing to sign the contract I thought was amazing because she's going through some inner shit herself. Maybe um, it's all mixing and intertwining in there, but I thought that was tremendous as well. Um, gosh, I don't even even the closing segment. I mean, Roman Strain. Roman oh yeah, Reigns we gotta be- get to that. Roman Reigns being a brawn is. Uh, I'm here for it. I'm front row every time. Even though it was a back and forth match, it was it was back and forth. I thought it was going to be yeah, more it, Roman heavy. It was man, whatever. It, I, I think it was on the lesser end of their matches. It started. It started uh, very early, and I was like, "Wow, it's like 9:42." I thought I expected this match to go off like seven minutes before the show was going to go off. That's what I expected, but no. They got time. Yeah. It, it, I, I mean, more so, more so, uh, it was for the Jey Uso Roman Reigns segment at the end, which I thought really hit home. Again, like I'm still a little, you know, uneasy about this feud continuing, but you know, I, I think that again, it becomes the, a sense of how do they build this match and why do they, how do they make it a, a big deal? And you know, having Jay kind of fight within himself internally to become what Roman is mm-hmm. was a good angle for them to do there. I thought it was, I thought it was a really nice little angle. Yeah, uh, it was that a they great on, on Friday. It wasn't a great. I thought it was just played. Even the angles of like, it's weird. I'm talking about like the actual way it was like filmed and everything like that. But it was kind of like an emotional outburst, even for this one second. And just, it's not even for the entire time. It's not like Jay got the best of Roman. He got the best of Roman for that one second, and then he had yeah. like five people pulling him back and just like kind of having to restrain him because he was just kind of he lost himself in that moment. It's some great shit, man. That was, that was some good shit. That was some good shit. I I, I really appreciated that. Uh, so raw happened. Mm. Uh, apparently, apparently it was the apparently it was again the worst raw of the year. Uh, it's just it. This was everything that I kind of expected. What would happen with raw? Also, by the way, sidebar. I'm glad they're doing the whole like oh people are in the crowd type of thing. But oh boy. 
<laughs> some not so nice shots of like it's like Ric Flair, but it's like oh Ric Flair was in the crowd. I was like, is that Ric Flair or like a thumb? What what the hell is that? Um, but like yeah, as you said, Monday Night Raw. This was kind of all that I feared from Raw, of matches and people not really caring about them, and a lot of it happening. Um, well, I think the big thing to talk about, well, there's two things to talk about here. Um, obviously, Retribution, the Hurt Business match, uh, which saw Retribution <laughs> lose the match, uh, and then get into directly into a feud with The Fiend, giving them kind is of this, two story angles here. Is this a feud with The Fiend? I'm I un- think so. I'm Ooh. under, the, I'm under the, the guise of this is a make Fiend look strong type of deal. I, that, that's kind of... Okay. I'm under the thing because they want Fiend to be a major part of Monday Night Raw. I think even him kicking off the show is something that's rarely ever ever seen himself. I think they want to go in this new era with this new Alexa Bliss thing with the Fiend as a big deal. Um, because well, I don't. Well, I, I say that to say that I don't think that. I, I mean, just exactly what you're saying right there is is a reason I don't think it's a big deal that they got beat up by the Fiend because everybody gets beat up by the Fiend. Yeah, but they ain't even. It's it's just so. This was so bad for business for the retribution, and we talked about this earlier in our in our text message thread. We talked about it because they just spent months beating everybody's ass. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, and then you get in the ring, you get in the ring against the hurt business, and they just they take the L, which it should have been a match where they took the they should have established some sort of dominance. They this is their first return after Mustafa Ali takes as the leader and they have established absolutely no dominance. What they've established was now they want more retribution. <laughs> like, is this a running gag? Um Bro, I I really again, I wasn't a huge fan of the thing in the first place. So I take this week by week. I think a lot of people that were like jumping out of the window for a, for a for an angle in a, a stable that they never really liked is kind of funny. Well, I think it's because they want it to be something that's actually important. Like I think people see the potential. The, the, hold, I think who, people, who wants it to be something important? I think because they a want. Lot of people but no, no, no. But, on this from day from day one. No, no, no. But let me say because the way WWE has presented it, like they presented this thing, has been not important. But I do think that people generally want to be. My thing from watching Monday Night Raw, people want to be shocked. People want to be surprised. I think that's why pe- they got such a good reaction for the Mustafa Ali thing, because no one saw it coming. People want to feel uncomfortable a little bit when they're watching Monday Night Raw. People want to feel like something fresh is coming on instead of watching the same old thing, which I thought Raw was a lot of, despite it being the first show of this new era. Um, so that's why I think... They wanted the opportunity. You have retribution. You're coming off this Mustafa Ali thing. They're in the ring against the Fiend. What could actually happen? This is fresh as it's new. And then they kind of get mowed over over the course of the first 30 minutes of Raw. I think it was a clear thing that either if they had lost, they should have beat up her business or they just shouldn't have got beat up by the Fiend. Um well, I think you, you you could do one of those things, but not the other. I think yeah. the thing thing was absolutely going to happen. But I do agree they should have won. Um, but I'm not I'm not I'm not that upset about the fiend thing. This guy, this is a, a character that's been pinned like once this year. I'm not I'm not upset about him. The, everyone gets beat up by the fiend. That's just what happens. And um, I do agree they should have won the match. I'm not going to call it for them yet. I don't think that this fucking show that I'm pretty sure. 
didn't even get really, you know, a lot of people are going to forget about in a week. I, I think, you know, again, I'm taking this week to week. I can't really get too upset about it. I thought the promo from Ali. They might not the, even be on the Raw next At week. the end of the show. <laughs> Why do you say that? They weren't on Raw last week. And they were supposed to be. They'll be on Raw next week. <laughs> that was COVID. It was a COVID thing. Nah, it could have been a COVID thing. I think they ran out of time and didn't have time for this thing. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They didn't because yeah, they were doing yeah, yeah, yeah. the whole draft thing. But who, who knows? Who knows? Um, any other high points from Raw? The, oh, you said um, you had two things. There was two things. Yeah, uh, the, the Braun Strowman, Keith Lee thing, which... Oh, ew. If you're, if you're going <laughs> to have Braun Strowman, if you're going to have Braun Strowman go against Roman Reigns, don't have him lose clean for a third time in, in what, two months... And you should have had that go out in a DQ, uh, so that I would Keith have been Lee didn't in. have to take this. Instead of Keith, you know, instead of Keith Lee taking this completely innocuous and stupid loss that he's going to get back, and doing the fifty-fifty bullshit booking that makes nobody look good. Yeah, I sound like fucking Alvarez here, but it's like it's the truth, especially <laughs> in Keith Lee's, especially in, in Keith Lee's place here, because this, this is, is someone like who Keith- he hasn't been featured. He hasn't been featured in a very long time, and and like, we're not you know. This is like this is like Keith Lee's ninth match on Raw, and like four of them have been DQs or non finishes, and it's like he hasn't. He maybe won the first two matches, and we haven't really seen him have a definitive victory since then. So for him to go up against Braun and have this match and lose and it's like you know what people wrestlers lose all the time it, it just is what it is but it didn't even seem like that was the right decision like braun braun is it's weird to say it braun they is want to make him prime. strong they they, they want to make him strong still for some strange fucking reason because he's I'll in never a, fucking understand he's a he's a pseudo fake attraction because he's tall but he's not even the tallest guy on the roster anymore like you did you see the guy that came up with aj um, but I think Braun, I don't think AJ needs a heater. Let, let's talk about it. Let's I, talk about it. I don't think that. AJ needs a heater. I don't think AJ needs a heater. I think that he, I, I don't think that he matches. And AJ would need a completely different attire yeah, and and gear and gimmick for that to work. He looks dumb as hell. Not coming out with a suit with this guy, right? I like think, he, he looks ridiculous. I think they want to get tall guy over, and that's why he's with AJ. I think that's mostly the reason why. That's what I think. I AJ don't think he needs never, a heater. He doesn't. He one hundred percent doesn't need a heater. He's his own. Bro, heater. AJ has never. AJ has never. AJ Did you as a heel? Remember, he beats people clean. Remember <laughs> on on SmackDown this week, it was so funny. So, you know, Daniel Bryan's out there, and Seth Rollins is walking to the back. Or no, it was was it last week on Raw? It was something. It was last one week, of, where <laughs> AJ just says something snide to Rollins, and Rollins is like, what, "What'd you say?" <laughs> What you? That is why those are moments like that where AJ doesn't need a heater because he can just do it himself. He can make people who we hate hate him. He doesn't need a heater, but I do think that the guy looks much more. If you're putting him next to anyone, you're not putting him next to Tucker. You're not putting him next to. You're not putting him in retribution. You want to put him against. You want to put him in somewhere where I think his role of doing the least amount possible can be achieved without us expecting much from him because AJ is the guy who's doing all the work. So it, this, this just means AJ is going to win more, but he's going to use this guy to win more. And he's not even a character like, like meals, heel or face. 
AJ more than likely wins every one of his matches already without help. <laughs> what mm-hmm. what is the purpose yeah. of him needing help? <laughs> what is the purpose of him? He's been he's been dope something fresh, something for, fresh, something new. The, I guess for the better know. part of a year, for the better part of a year, he's been he's been dolo. He hasn't need any help. Come on, man. It's 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 wild to me. I, I don't I don't like the heater thing at all. I, I think that the guy Jordan, I think his name is. I think he's cool. He has he has a cool look. But on a show on, on shows where you have Braun Strowman's and, and and stuff like that, like I, I honestly think like the big guy thing, like that really kind of like targets you to like not have the best or longest run already, yeah, right? No. Like look how long it took for, for look how long it took for Braun. Like they're gonna end up giving it to either the best guy on the roster or the most athletic guy or the guy that can talk. I th- so the if thing he is, can do any of those things, he's so he's so large that it's like I'm I'm interested in how he actually works because he's so large he doesn't fit on NXT. You know what I'm saying? Like NXT, yeah. he's just too larger than life for NXT. So he's gonna have to make all this thing work on the main roster, and we'll see how it goes. I mean, I hope I wish the best for him. I'll never wish anything against him. I don't think AJ needs it, like you said, but I see what they're doing with him, and it looks like they want to get him over through AJ. And similar to what they did with Braun's introduction, ironically enough, where they put him with the Wyatt family and said, "Let's get this big country goof over." Um, that's that's Yuck. all I'll say about that. I you know you know uh, what I hated about Raw this week. All these SmackDown people who were on Raw for no particular reason. It feels like everyone was getting unannounced uh, finales from their shows this week. It was like, well, we we had to announce the big one for the new day, and we didn't really have time for you to get a goodbye. So here's your goodbye to Raw. Like you don't need like a, don't like need a goodbye book. for Riot Squad. <laughs> they lost. It, it felt like it was. It felt like it was like goodbye part two for a lot of these people, and I was just like, none of these people needed to even be sent out of the yeah. you know, sent out of the territory. And and the Otis thing was just. He can kind of because he can choose. Does he have to choose the the belt for his brand, or he can choose any any belt? It has to be his brand, right? I have no fucking clue anymore. If the only so here's the thing: if that's the case, the the first appearance he should have had on Monday Night Raw was cashing in. <laughs> because I don't, I can't see the reason why he's on Monday Night Raw. I, I know I like I hate Otis and I joke about hating Otis because I actually do, but. It just wasn't necessary. You had this moment for Tucker to establish him as his own person. And then he comes out with Otis and immediately is overshadowed once again. He's on his own roster. He's still wearing the stupid trucker shit. Like, get him. Come on. Tag division he'll be, uh, needs he'll be, uh, he'll be in a wife beater in three weeks. Don't yeah. Worry. Yeah. You'll be in tag. <laughs> you'll be in tags. You'll be in tags with Riddimo, um pretty, pretty soon. Um, I didn't like the Riot Squad um, thing. I thought it didn't work. I thought Peyton Royce, ooh, <laughs> boy, <laughs> Peyton already Royce, gave up. <laughs> they were just like, "Yo, she was what you Vince's favorite, right?" Like this is the entire the Peyton Royce thing had me giggling inside just for like the amount of cachet the internet put on her, and then it's like, "Oh, you're teaming with Lacey Evans." Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Even if it seemed, even if it looked to be a short, short, uh, short-lived one, Ew. it still looked silly as hell. It, it like, smelled. It, it smelled. It did. I'm not confident. I'm really not confident about uh, where she's gonna be going. 
in, in terms of uh, her singles thing because like you look at her perception like my, my thing about about Peyton is at least she's being let into the ring mm-hmm. they can't even give Bianca Belair a damn match like, yeah I, I, I'm just like I don't I'm know what of, they're doing with either of these I'm people. tired of the uh, you know I love the promos the promo was very sleek very fit very awesome I'm tired of the talk let's walk let's walk the walk mm-hmm. I'm tired of it there's you telling me there's no supplementary few that you can give her she's on smackdown now i expect her to be throwing natalia around like no one's business you know what i'm saying let's give her a supplementary feud let's introduce her to the roster let's stop talking about it let's be about it with bianca belair that's all i'll say um let's 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 tap into to to helena so we're we're getting long in the tooth here yeah Um, let's uh let's wrap this up yeah only four, only four matches announced at the time of us recording this show. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad about four matches because three of the matches that they've announced are all Hell in a Cell matches. Mm-hmm. So if they were to do a show where we didn't have to see that Cell lower every other match, I'm completely fine with that. It doesn't need to be seven matches. If they might, if they maybe added one more, I'd be fine with that. But as it stands, we have three Hell in a Cell matches, and if they kept the, the Cell down for all those matches to save time. And, and, and money and energy. I'm no completely money fine to with all this. We'll go ahead. Go ahead. So, uh, it was just announced last night. Uh, we we kind of skimmed over it on Raw because it, we could talk about it here. But Elias and Jeff Hardy will face off at Hell in a Cell. These matches before have never been good. Yeah, I, do I not skimmed over it because be good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I do not expect this to be any good. I do expect Jeff Hardy to win. Yeah. I don't even think Elias is a finisher. Um, yeah, he has the, the the sail away, the drift away, or something oh, like yeah, that. It's yeah, like a yeah, neck breaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ew, what a what a very two thousand six ass finisher. Um, yeah, I expect Jeff Hardy to win. I, I, I put us on the kickoff. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I mean I mean it looks like it's on the main show. Yeah, it looks like it's on. I mean, there's only four matches. It better be on the damn main show. Something better be on the damn main <laughs> show. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, let's get to the next up. Yeah, Hell in a Cells. Uh, SmackDown Women's Title, Hell in a Cell. Very telling that Oscar has no match on this show. But hey, give her a damn break. She was yeah, working all year. Uh, um, Bailey versus Sasha Banks. A lot of people feel a lot of different ways about this feud. They feel as though it's rushed. They feel as though it's not going to be going on uh, very long. I more or less am like this is their first match and it's the blow off match, and I think it's very interesting. But ultimately, I think this match, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be good. I mean, we don't have that to worry about. It's going to be great. I think it's going to be I I, I pray for Sasha Banks's whole disposition in a in a Hell in a Cell match, because it seems like those match hurt (laughs) very well, (laughs) Um, especially her. So we'll see. I I don't know if it's a rib that she's in a Hell in a Cell match three years in a row and (laughs) has to. Every time she takes a, she takes a, every, every single time she takes like a week off or, or like 30 days off or something oh, like yeah. that. So like. Throw her in the cell. I, Make her earn her key. I, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's going to be a spectacular match. I, I think Bailey and Sasha have been waiting to have a match like this. I, I, again, like I said, I'm just interested in the, the, the fact that this is like the blow off match first. I don't know how, I don't know where you go from here. Like 
you can't have this match and then regular ass match next uh, in two months at yeah. uh, TLC or wherever you're gonna have it. Like you gotta you gotta commit to whatever happens here and then do it later down the line. You know, like I don't right. think this match is gonna be the last match they have. And that and I think the proof that they were drafted to the same brand essentially proves that. But I think you need to get them, these two away from each other after this match for a while and let Bianca come in or let someone else come into this. Like I keep. I don't hearing, think that's gonna like, happen, but. <laughs> <laughs> you think Bianca's gonna have eight more weeks of vignettes, and then she's gonna show up, and then she's gonna I disappear again? I think she'll f- she'll feud with somebody else on SmackDown, and this pro- this will go on for me until the re- for the rest of the year. Okay, that's what I think. I don't know. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Um, I'm picking Bailey to win, though. <laughs> that's why I think it's going to go on for a long time. Yeah, I'm picking Bailey to win too. I, I just I don't see her. Um I do not see. Sasha I think the mo- yeah the momentum isn't enough for me to think Sasha's winning yet. Maybe that'll change on Friday, but the momentum isn't there yet. She hasn't even signed the contract. That's how serious she takes this. This is true. This is true. <laughs> uh, next up, WWE title: Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. We've been watching this for a minute. A lot of people are very upset that this is the third match that they've had. They would have hated Batista Triple H back in the day. Okay. Oh yeah, for uh, sure. I, I th- I think the three match or the two matches they've had prior to this have been really compelling. I think this is just the the escalation of that. They 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 have really great chemistry together. I, I think thought the ambulance match was. Yeah. No, no I want to say I think they ran out of things to do on Monday Night Raw, which is why they've been doing the exact same thing for the, like they're obviously <laughs> waiting for this match, but they've ran out of like interesting things to do leading up to it. So that's why we've kind of got the same thing on Raw three times in a row, but. They're good. I mean, the matches are good. Yeah, they're not bad at all. They're they're actually really great. I, I'm a, I'm a big big fan of, of these two together. Um, a lot. And the thing is, it's funny that Drew got more out of Randy than literally anyone has been able to in the past couple of years. So, um, I have really high hopes for this. I wonder throughout these matches, what will be the level of brutality. Uh, between the three these three matches even if they're back to back to back they're going to be very tough to top each other and it's going to be very interesting to see how they split these up right um Um, i'm gonna i I got i got drew winning i got drew winning as well (laughs) yeah uh no surprises here uh i think what this will main event but the universal title i quit hell in a cell match roman reigns versus jay uso we love the angle. I'm a little bit less excited about this happening a month after that spectacular, I gave it five stars, match from, uh, from Clash of Champions. Um, hey, they're doing it again. I quit match. I think this is going to be just as hard to watch as far like emotionally yeah. <laughs> as the I, last match was. I think it's a little bit innovative having an I quit match inside of a Hell in a Cell, so I'll give it that. I think when you're going to have three Hell in a Cell matches, at least this one kind of differentiates it. It will not be decided by pinfall which is very interesting. Um, and we've seen Roman Reigns, I guess, break out a new submission. Maybe he's been watching some MMA. Maybe he's been watching some cool shit online. Um, so he's got something prepared. I don't know what Jey Uso's bringing to the table. You can't really make someone tap with a splash or a super kick. So, oh, actually, he has that little... He has a, he has a submission. I remember he used to use a submission back yeah. in the early SmackDown yeah. days. The, the, knee, uh, the, knee, the knee thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember. Um... But, yeah, he stands no chance in this match. Roman Reigns is taking it home. Yeah, absolutely. I, I still say Roman Reigns. And then we get to uh, what we have been hearing is an Undertaker-themed Survivor Series. But before we get there, of course, we have to sit and watch on Sunday, Hell in a Cell. We'll be watching along with you guys on Twitter. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at the A Show RNC. 
Then make sure you subscribe to us at the HO, the HO RNC as well on iTunes and wow. Spotify. You know, we're all we're all on there. It just, it just all works. It's, it's a big ecosystem. You feel me? Like this is what this is what we do. Next week it is our three year anniversary of the A Show All Hot Takes Edition. Thank you all for taking this ride with us. We really appreciate it. And the next week, it's, it's all about the fans. It's all about you guys. It's all about your takes and your opinions. And we're going to put them all out there for the world to see. Uh, so make sure you check, you tap into all of our shows this week as well. The G Show season finale, uh, Rewriters Room, which aired uh, uh, actually last week. We have a new episode coming next week. And we have uh, the Spot Callers that is dropping next week as well, along with the War Report with with uh, Cyrus, who has some really cool shit up his sleeve for the next coming weeks, I, I tell you. But, uh, you know... Until then, for Meals, I'm Justin. Please wash your hands and wear a damn mask, and you know what to do in two weeks. I'm going to say it out loud next week, but you know what to do in two weeks. So thank you guys for listening. For uh, Meals, I'm Justin. Peace out.